I was just reflecting as we were worshipping together how much I you know, value and appreciate gathered church and being family together and how one of the reasons I appreciate that so much is because what we don't do is come into this building and then leave all the stuff and the issues and the problems at the door. We don't come in in some kind of triumphalistic way and sing and deny all our problems and all that's going on. What we do is we come in with it all, don't we? And we bring it all. We're in the midst of this enormous health crisis, this coronavirus pandemic. We bring it to the Lord here as we are together. All the personal issues you may be going on in your lives, we don't deny those and ignore them while we're here. We bring them here and we bring them to the rock of ages and we sing and we declare and we pray and we lend each other our faith and we give courage. And that's church, isn't it? That's church. And I really appreciate that, especially in the light of what I want to share with you this morning. We're having a break in our series, Staying on Track. If you've been here in recent mornings, you'll know that we've been working through a morning series called Staying on Track. We spent quite a few Sundays thinking about what it looks like to stay on track in our faith when faced with various circumstances and situations. And we're going off track today uh, on purpose. We deliberately schedule free Sundays to give us a chance to share certain things we think that God is saying in our current season. And what I want to do with the time today is to think about our CBC values, to think together about what our values are as church family. And actually, in the current situation that we find ourselves in, there's an added layer of resonance for us here with that, isn't there? As we seek to think about what it is that defines us as a church at a time when we might need to think more creatively about what being church means. And I'd already decided some time ago that uh, it would be a good opportunity to do this for a couple of reasons. First of all, we often share some of our values with newcomers to the church. At our welcome lunch, which we have once a term, we share a little bit about what makes us church. So that if you're new or nearly new, you get to hear a little bit about our church to meet some other new people and hear about the DNA. If you want to settle with us, what kind of church even is this? We often share at those welcome lunches uh, some of our values and our thoughts then. But the second reason, and perhaps more timely, is that it just feels right in the season that we're in as a church at the moment to think again and remember who we are as a church. Ken and Sue are leaving, as we've said, in May. They've been here for 23 years of an incredible faithful ministry and there is a process for seeking God for a new team leader here and part of that process as I've mentioned is putting together a church profile that we talked about at the church meeting a summary document of who we are and our values and what we're looking for in a new appointment and actually it's been a really helpful and positive thing putting that profile together because it's made us ask ourselves again what kind of church are we actually What are our values? What is the DNA of this church that any newcomer to the church or indeed any new person onto the staff team needs to understand and prioritise and agree with? We're at a key moment in the church's life and as a team we feel so grateful to God for his leading so far. There's a huge sense of uh, trust and anticipation about what God has for us going forward and it seems a good time just to remind ourselves that we stand on him and it's hold on to the things that really count. The theme of values is an interesting one. I imagine if I looked in your wallets and purses, some of you would have one of these. 
Has anybody got one of these new polymer £20 notes? I asked a couple of people beforehand so I could show you it, and nobody had one. Um, but I've got one of these at home. I forgot to bring it. Um, a couple of weeks ago, this new £20 note was released by the Bank of England, which features the artist J.M.W. Turner on it. And this is going to replace our current paper £20 note in just the same way as the £5 and £10 notes have been changed. At the moment, if you've got a paper £20 note in your wallet, it is still worth £20. I've got an old £20 note in my possession. That will still buy me things. It will still buy me... I don't know, a takeaway for the family or an item of clothing, or as my husband said, toilet rolls, if I could get my hands on any. I think going on Facebook Marketplace, £20 would buy me about three toilet rolls at the moment. It's not, of course, the note itself that has any value. It's a piece of paper, actually, isn't it? But it's the collective decision that has assigned value to it, which is agreed agreed by a whole community. A decision's made, there's a new £20 note coming, and then this note will be worth nothing. For now, it's still worth £20. When we talk about values in any group or organisation, like a church, what we're saying is that these are the things that collectively we have decided are worth something. On their own, they might just be nice ideas, they might just be headings on a PowerPoint, on a piece of paper, but when they come with collective ownership and decision and wider acceptance, then they have value for everyone. And that's what we're talking about here. Collective ownership of the things that we feel are worth something valuable to us. So let's have a look at some scripture to help us focus these thoughts and provide some context for this conversation. I'm going to read you Paul's prayer in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, verses 14 to 21. It's on page 1174. If you did want to follow it in your Bibles, it will be on the screen. And it's Paul's prayer for the church in Ephesus. It's what he values and longs for for the church. So we can read this and imagine Paul praying this for them and for us here at CBC, verse 14 of chapter 3. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Here in this prayer, we listen in on what some of Paul's values and longings are for the church as he prays. Ephesians was probably a circular letter intended for other churches in the Ephesus area. It was written while Paul was in prison and then would have been taken around here and there to be read. And so this letter reflects, this prayer reflects Paul's heart for the churches. And at the centre of this prayer is that the young Christians may discover the love and the power of God. Those two things, the wide, long, high and deep love of Christ and the strength of his power 
to do immeasurably more than we could imagine. And verse 17 captured me as I was reading this. We are strengthened by his power so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that Christ may dwell. Aren't we as Christians already indwelt with Jesus? Why is Paul praying that Christ may dwell in people's hearts who are already Christians? And the word that's used here is important. The usual word for dwell is oikeo. And here the word Paul uses is an intensified form of that word, katoikeo, which means to truly abide, to settle down, to make a permanent home in. So Paul is praying that Christ might take up full residence in human hearts as they are opened up to him. And so as we think about what Paul prioritises in his prayer, and as we think about the values that make up our church family, then being people who give Jesus a free and permanent home in our hearts, knowing his wide and high love, strengthened by his power, seem like a pretty good grounding. Our church aim reflects some of this. Our church aim is for people to commit to and become more like Jesus. It's there on the new sheet each Sunday at the bottom. Hopefully, if you've been in and around our church for a little while, you might know that's our aim. And all that we do and our values point back to this aim. We try to measure all that we do as a church to make sure it fits with our aim. So in the light of those things, let me summarise some of our values. I've grouped them under four headings, four things that we are committed to, which summarise our values and the things that we hold dear. The first thing is that we are committed to being missionally shaped. We are committed to being missionally shaped. We are a church that wants to prioritise mission, to commit to being shaped for mission. Not just mission as an added extra something that we might do if you've got the time or the budget, but who are shaped in such a way that mission is a priority. And this is a value because it communicates that that's important to us. If I think about my own personal life and the things that I value, I very quickly realise that the things that I value aren't expensive. I don't actually own anything really, that is particularly expensive. I could give you the key code for my house and you could let yourself in and steal stuff and it wouldn't be a huge amount there of enormous value. I don't have loads of stuff. The things that count for me, as I'm sure is the case for you, the things that count actually aren't expensive things. What is it that I value? Things like my wedding ring. You know, that's precious to me. It wasn't expensive, but it's precious. Things like a card that I got not long ago from a friend with encouraging words at just the time that I needed it. That's precious to me. Things like pictures that I've got that my kids drew for me when they were little. I've got a very precious picture. I've got no idea what it's actually of. It's a scroll. If I showed you, you wouldn't know either. I'm not sure my son knew at the time what it was either, but he gave it to me so lovingly uh, when he was three, and I've kept it, and it's precious to me. My dad died not long ago, and he actually hardly, he hardly had any possessions, hardly anything of any worth, no home of his own, um, uh, uh, no car, very few belongings. But I've got one thing of his, and that's his watch. And of course, in monetary terms, it's worth nothing. But to me, of course, it's very precious. And I value all of those things I mentioned because of what they signify, because of what they point to. That I've got a friend 
who loves me and was thinking about me to send me a card and some words, memories of my dad and so on. Our CBC values signify something and they point to what's important. And one of our values is that we are committed to being missionally shaped because it signifies this has got to be a priority for us. It's got to come first for us. That it's truly important that sharing Jesus, that helping people commit to him and become more like him has got to be what it's all about. That's why we're really encouraged by what God is doing with the sister congregation in Bosom. Great to pray for that and commission that work. That's why, as well as meeting here on Sundays, we've got a whole network of alternative gatherings seeking to share God's love on Sunday mornings for people who wouldn't choose to come to gather church in this building in this way. Uh, these are our current alternative gatherings at the moment. Sports Plus is out meeting. Sunday lunch is preparing a meal for the most vulnerable and homeless in the community. And that's just two out of these eight. 200 of you are involved in making these alternative gatherings happen. And if you want to find out more about them, have a look on our website. We'd love to have you involved. Being good news of Jesus, expressing church, being church, being missionally shaped. And of course, there is loads of other mission activity that happens here in the building. The value of our lunch club serving older people in this area. The, the incredible work of Acorns serving local families. Sunday services, you know, we want this to be accessible to all. We've always got people here who aren't sure about faith. And that's fantastic. That's what it's about. This is also why whole life discipleship is key on our agenda, that our faith is for the whole of our lives, not just for Sundays. Our role here is to equip us all for our everyday, that wherever our front lines are, work or home or leisure places, caring for family, that we would see ourselves as ministers of the gospel in those places. We talk about whole life discipleship a lot, keep it to the forefront, because it's an important value for us as we seek to be a church that is missionally shaped. And in the current season that we're in, when our front lines are challenging, when we go from here back into a fearful world with our own anxiety and uncertainty, we've got the opportunity to be bringers of the kingdom there as we go from here. We're committed to being missionally shaped and we are committed, secondly, to being family together. Church is family. Yes, it takes organisation and structure and for a larger church like ours, it actually takes quite a bit of organisation and structure and that's really important. And I'm so grateful for the teams of people who make all those things happen for us here at CBC. That's part of the deal. That's really important. But actually, we don't want to become a business or a corporation, one of our commitments is that being family should be a hallmark. That, that means that his welcome, his service, his prayer, and his care is a hallmark of CBC. And actually, we all need to be on board with that as a value if that's to happen. If you consider yourself part of this church, we would ask you that you're part of that. You're part of offering his welcome, his service, his prayer, and his care. There's a funny thing in churches that are a bit larger, isn't there, that you don't know who's new and you're too worried to welcome someone who's new in case they tell you they've been coming for ages. Well, actually, that doesn't really matter very much, does it? If you say to someone, I don't think I know you or really good to see you and they've been coming ages, they feel welcomed and you've got to know someone. We all need to be part of offering the welcome and the love and the care of Jesus if one of our values is that we're committed to being family together. 
in this unusual season that we're in, let's pray for us as leaders and for each other that we work out what does it look like to be family when things are cancelled and things are changed, when things are uncertain. We've got an opportunity to be family in a different way, perhaps, and to express this value in a different way. This value of family spills over to our wider network of churches as well. We are part of the Baptist family of churches. And if you don't know what that means, really, it means that there are two distinctives to being part of a Baptist church. And they are to do with our approach to baptism and our approach to membership. Believers' baptism by immersion is what we practice. We had four baptisms last Sunday. It was wonderful, so good. And actually, we believe that is what the Bible teaches, that the word baptise means to immerse, and that the New Testament baptised believers. We're told, believe and be baptised as a pattern. That's what we teach, as what we believe the Bible says. But we are also an open Baptist church. If you come from another tradition, if you've made the choices you've made in good faith and good conscience, then of course we are really so glad and happy to have you here and for you to become a member here. Our approach to church structures is that we are congregational, congregational membership, which we believe that all members discern the mind of Christ together. We as leaders are accountable to the wider church. We don't trust ourselves to make all the decisions. We want to seek to be accountable to the wider church as we discern what Jesus is saying to us together. And so that means that we would vote on key decisions like the appointment of new leaders and that we would find a consensus together on other issues. Everyone is welcome here in this church, all levels of faith and none. That's what we are here for. That's what we're about. And we are family helping each other on the journey that we're on together. So we are committed to being missionally shaped. We are committed to being family together. And we are committed to the lost, the last and the least. You may have heard us use this phrase. I really hope that if you've been coming a little while, you will have heard us use this phrase. In deciding where we put our resources and our time, we ask ourselves, where would Jesus be serving? Our emphasis is having a ministry like Jesus in prioritising the lost, the last and the least. The lost who don't know the message. The least who have the least and are marginalised. The last who don't have access to resources and help. I don't know if you saw this news story from a couple of weeks ago. This is um, Dan Price. He is the CEO of of an American company called Gravity Payments. And uh, he was on a salary of a million dollars a year. And Dan Price was challenged by one employee that he was in conversation with who couldn't make ends meet. And she was describing to him that she had to work a second job. And he said in that moment, in that conversation, something suddenly shifted and struck him inside. And he decided at that moment to cut his own salary to $70,000 and increase the salary of all the people working for him up to $70,000 and took his own pay cut in order to enable a pay rise for them. Many people thought he was mad and would go bust, and he was advised against it. But actually, his business is booming. He says that now that his workers aren't so preoccupied with how they're going to eat and how they're going to make ends meet, they are happier, they sleep better, they eat better, and therefore they're more focused on their jobs. 
They're glad to work for a company that recognizes their worth and work hard. Now, that's fascinating. As far as I know, Dan Price isn't a Christian. But I read that story uh, on the BBC, and I just thought to myself, that points to a kingdom principle. And the kingdom principle is that when other people flourish, everybody benefits. That's a kingdom principle. We don't exist for ourselves and for pleasing and serving ourselves. We are in community. So when we serve others, and when they flourish, that positively affects the community as a whole. As we serve the lost, the last, and the least, the kingdom of God grows. And it's not just that they benefit, but we all benefit. That's why we are a CAP centre here at CBC, Christians Against Poverty, offering help and hope to those in the grip of financial debt. Our new CAP centre manager, uh, this is her, Louise Strynich, starts with us soon. She's being trained at the end of March and we'll introduce you to her at a service at the start of May. And running CAP is part of our commitment to the lost, the last and the least, along with any number of other compassion ministries that we're involved with here at CBC. Again, haven't we got the opportunity at the moment in this current situation to put our money where our mouth is in serving the lost, the last and the least and working out what that looks like together. So we're committed to being missionally shaped. We're committed to being family together. We are committed to the lost, the last and the least. And lastly and briefly, we are committed to unity and partnership. We are so grateful for the unity in this church. We treasure it and we hold it dear unity really is a hallmark of Chichester Baptist Church. In my experience of various different churches, I have not known a church with the level of unity that we hold, and we prize it, and we treasure it, and we value it. And we're so grateful, aren't we, to the many, many years that that's been sown into the culture here so that we can benefit from that today. And we want to cultivate that and protect it. We're committed to unity, whether that means speaking well of each other, whether it means disagreeing well and honouring each other in the way that we do that. And that extends to unity beyond our church here too. We've got a great relationship with the churches in the city here. We meet regularly as church leaders across the city and we have a great relationship and there's a sense of friendship and shared purpose. We are about the kingdom of God in this city together and we prize the unity there. One of Ken's catchphrases in his ministry here has been, this is not it, wanting to highlight that this church, this program, this building is not it. Um, He says that he wanted, when the new building was built, he wanted it kind of put over the doorway as a sign. But I think the deacons team at the time said it perhaps wasn't the most welcoming of things as people come in. This is not it. But the idea actually that we are part of God's wider purposes. Who are we to say that we've got it all here? That what we have here is a blessing, but this is not it in terms of our building, our church, what God is doing wider in the city and for his kingdom. We're committed to being missionally shaped, being family to the lost, the lost and the least, and to unity and partnership. There are loads of other things, loads of other good things that we do, loads of other values that we hold. But these seem to be a broad uh, structure for us to help us understand what our values are. And as I said at the start, on their own, they might just be nice headings. But when they come with collective ownership and decisions, 
When you say, and I say, when we say together, this is who we're about, and we're committed to these values, that's when they have value for everyone. That's when they point and signify to our community and beyond what is important to us and what we are about. Kingdom values as we seek to commit to and become more like Jesus. Let's pray together. I think the band are going to come back and help us to respond, but let's pray together. And Lord, as we pray, we want to acknowledge all the incredible blessings we have here at CBC. You've done so much and we're so grateful. We have so much and we're so grateful. And we pray you would help us to hold on to these values. Keep them at the forefront, share them. Would we do our part in offering your service, love, prayer and care to anyone who comes and to all the people that we meet? Would we honour each other, prize our unity, put mission first, be family and serve the lost, the lost and the least? Thank you that you are, as we've said several times today, the rock of ages and we stand on you today in these days and in the days ahead. Amen.